welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 22 of the Top Dog Talk podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Reno, and this episode of the Top Dog Talk is presented by Retros by Paul. Retros by Paul is an Atlanta-based business which offers a large selection of unique, antique, modernized furniture and jewelry. Thank you, Retros by Paul, for supporting the Top Dog Talk. Excited to be back here on the Top Dog Talk podcast, episode 22, a very... What well, feels like a very long time, but really in the span of things, it's been a short podcast so far. Only 22 episodes in. We are very excited to be back here today. And the headline topic is Georgia basketball. For the first time of this podcast, short-lived 22 episodes, we will be talking about Georgia basketball as the headline topic. We will be welcoming on co-host Wyatt Felden and be talking a little bit about Georgia basketball as they are coming off the 89-81 loss on the road to the Tennessee Volunteers, the number 16th ranked Tennessee Vols, beat Georgia at home. Tough loss for the Dawks. Uh, you know, they, they came out sloppy in the first half, just too many turnovers, didn't shoot great, and Tennessee was able to take advantage of that and jump out ahead and put up, I believe, at most a 23-point lead at one point uh, into the half. And then Georgia came out with a vengeance in the second half, putting up points, outscoring the Vols in the second half to try and make a comeback, which just was a little too late for the Dogs to do it uh, as Tennessee came out the victors. A tough loss for Tom Crean, snapping a three-game win streak that he had going into that game, you know, would have been a season-defining win if he could put together the pieces and win that game could ultimately put him into tournament discussion as Georgia would have won four in a row but now they got to bounce back they had a few days rest and now they will be taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow you know I mean it's it's a big game the, the Crimson Tide are one of the best teams in the country they are considered the best team in the SEC this year because they are the highest ranked SEC team you know with the struggles that Kentucky basketball has been seeing lately, it looks like uh, they are out of the tournament and Alabama will replace them as the top seed in the SEC if everything holds clear. So this is a big moment for Georgia. It, it, it's a big week for Georgia. You lose to Tennessee. Now you got to go and beat Alabama. You know, if you can win this game, once again, Georgia could have a chance to put themselves back into tournament discussion at 12-7, and 5-7 and seven in the SEC. You know, it was a hot start. They started out 7-0 in non-conference play, got into conference play, and lost a few games. They've lost seven games since then after that loss to Mississippi State, which served as the first loss of the dog season. Georgia has to turn it around. You know, you started out 7-0. It was the best start since the season after Dominique Wilkins left Athens. Since Dominique Wilkins played in Athens that year later, year after he graduated, after he left Georgia, the dogs go on to the Final Four and make a big run at the tournament. You know, it looked like they were going to try and repeat that the year after Anthony Edwards left. It just, you know, short-lived, and they still have a chance to do it. You know, don't count them out just yet. They got still got a few more games to be played before we can count them out fully. But Georgia, Georgia's looking to make a run. If they can win this game against Alabama, it would be a huge momentum booster for this young Georgia Bulldog squad. But before we get to that and before we welcome on our co-host, White Felton, let's talk some Georgia football. We got a lot of things going down. Uh, since we last talked, obviously, first off, the former Georgia defensive back coach, Charlton Warren, was hired as the defensive coordinator at the University of Indiana, a promotion for Coach Warren as he leaves the heart of Athens in favor of Indiana. Uh, it's always great to see a Bulldogs assistant get a new job and be promoted to a higher 
job than he was at here at Georgia. You know, uh, as much as we don't like seeing coaches go, especially the ones like Sam Pittman and Mel Tucker, it, it's really great that they got a promotion and they, they left for a better job and that they will leave Athens a better coach than they were when they first came to Athens. So really excited for Coach Warren. I think he's going to do a good job in Indiana. You know, the Big Ten is a hard conference to play in, you know, just because you're playing Ohio State, um, you know, once or once a year or maybe once every few years, depending on, you know, what team you're on. So I, I think he has his hands full, but I think he can succeed ultimately. I think Indiana's a good place for him, and I think it's a good place for him to use as a stepping stone to eventually become a head coach. You know, that would be uh, that's the dream for almost every coach in the profession and in college football is to go get that head coaching job. But we aren't here to talk about Charlton Warren. Obviously, you know, he spent two seasons at Georgia, two very successful seasons at Georgia, did a great job with that secondary. But now we have his replacement. You know, two or three weeks later, we hired the West Virginia, former West Virginia defensive back coach, Jamel Aday, a really big hire for Georgia. I think it was one of the best hires they could have made. He brings a lot of experience, spent the last two seasons at West Virginia. He spent the past five seasons coaching defensive backs across the country. He's had stints at Minnesota and Arizona. Uh, most notably, Rich Rodriguez uh, spoke very highly of Coach Aday uh, in his time as coaching Coach Aday when Aday was a player and when he served on staff with Coach Rodriguez as a coach. A lot of great words from Coach Rodriguez about that and even about the Coach Muschamp hire to pair along with them. I think the, that pairing is going to be a good one. Obviously, Will Muschamp, the former South Carolina head coach, was named an analyst at the University of Georgia and will be helping out um, in an off-field role. Obviously, with him there, he will be able to provide guidance over that defensive back room and really help uh, break in Coach Aday into Athens and, and get him situated, situated in Georgia. Now, one of the big things about this hire is not only his experience as a player and a coach, but he brings some ties to the all-important state of Florida. Florida is become has become a stronghold for top talent in the state, most notably South Florida. That South Florida region is very important to Georgia and Alabama's success, and mostly every national champions, past few champions, have had players from the state from the region of South Florida. You know, we we saw in years past. Uh, you know, they've had a coach, they've hired a coach that specializes in that area. You know, Charlton Warren was that guy for Georgia. Uh, and before him, it was James Coley, who is now with Texas A&M. And Coach Warren is now at Indiana. So you have to replace that, you have to replace Coach Warren with a guy that can recruit South Florida. And I think Coach Aday can do it. You know, although he, he's not recruiting four and five stars at West Virginia, you know, he was having to settle for the three and four stars and the low four stars and, you know, all the three stars and below, you know, he was developing talent. And I think that's the big thing. You know, if you can recruit a three and four, a three star and a low four star successfully and you can develop them into a five star or into a four star, that's big. And I think he's done that. And, you know, he's credited for his coaching acumen. Uh, I think the greatest thing to tell how good he is is just look at, um, what he had going into this season at West Virginia. He had two starting corners. Two of his starting corners this year going into that season had a combined two starts. Two starts. You know, that sounds familiar. Georgia is heading into this season with barely any experience. You know, 
Latavius Brini is the is considered probably the most experienced player on the roster. Maybe next to Amir Speed, who has played in some games in his time at Georgia. I think those two names are ones to watch. Amir Speed obviously will be battling uh, for a starting cornerback spot. You know, trying to replace either Eric Stokes or Tyson Campbell, while Latavius Brini looks like he will be playing at the star position uh, with the departure of former star Tyreek Stevenson and his transfer to Miami. Uh, a, a very big transfer that uh, you know kind of gives you reminders of the Devon Wilson transfer a year ago. Uh, not well, not a year ago, just a couple months back last summer. You know, a very big transfer of a high-profile Georgia defensive back contributor who we would love to have him now. You know, just with all that was transpired in the last few months, you know, losing six defensive backs that have started, you know, full-time or part-time, they've all served a role in this Georgia secondary. So you got a lot of experience to replace. And I'm not worried about the talent at all. I'm more worried about the experience. And I think everyone will echo that. It is the experience that worries you most. Defensive back is one of the hardest positions to play in college because a lot of it comes down to not only talent, but your experience. You know, freshmen are going to make mistakes. Inexperienced upperclassmen and inexperienced underclassmen are going to make mistakes. And a lot of it's on the mental side because physically they've played that position for a long time. You know, Nylon Green, he's probably played defensive back for Many, many years, you know, so he's gained experience at the position, but he hasn't played at the pace and the highest of levels like he is now in college. You know, Georgia, he's playing at Georgia. He's playing in the SEC, considered probably the top tier conference in college football today, probably the best conference in college football today. He is playing for a school in the SEC, and he's going to go up against some of the best receivers in the country week in and week out. You know, you look at Eric Stokes. He had to guard Devontae Smith on more than one occasion. You know, he, he's faced Devontae Smith on more than one occasion. And, you know, Devontae Smith is the Heisman winner, is the reigning Heisman winner. And it's now going to the NFL uh, and is going to have a chance there to see what he can do in the NFL in, you know, what is considered the premier football league in the world with some of the best talented receivers and defensive backs go along with it in the country. So, yes, this is a big job for Coach Day. You know, while many may, co- may point to his recruiting acumen uh, or lack thereof of recruiting four and five stars, there is a difference between wearing a West Virginia t-shirt than there is wearing a Georgia t-shirt. You know, wearing that G brings significant uh, importance to what you do. You know, as a player and as a coach, there is a certain level of attraction for someone that wears the Georgia G on their chest. I think Georgia is one of the hottest destinations in the world right now for coaching and for players. You know, we've seen that just in the past couple of months. Whenever there is a coaching opening, a coach opening, coaching opening at the University of Georgia, there are a bunch of people applying and there are a bunch of people trying to get their name in the mix for that job. You know, you look at this latest opening at defensive back, you know, Georgia was trying to pick between Doug Belk Glenn Ford, and a bunch of other names. And, and Doug Bell ended up getting promoted to a full-time defensive coordinator by Houston because they don't want to lose him. You know, So that should tell you just how important they think he is and how good of a coach they think he is if they promoted him to a defensive coordinator to try and fend off him from leaving to the University of Georgia. And I think you know he would have done a great job. But I think Coach Jamel uh, Aday is going to do a tremendous job at Georgia. You know, He has the coaching experience. He has the playing experience, obviously, 
He's a West Virginia alumni and has spent, you know, much of his career at West Virginia. I think this is a big leap for him, jumping to jumping from West Virginia to Georgia. You know, he's gonna he's gonna have a big test right off the bat. You know, he he's not set up for success. Um, talent wise, he is. Experience wise, he's not. He's gonna have to work with the players he got, and he's gonna have to coach some experience into these guys and make sure that they grow up quickly. Because Georgia starts Week One off with Clemson, one of the top schools in the country. You know, a former national champion in the past four to six years. They've won some championships in the last four to six years. Very hard competition. They're going to be going up against one of the top receivers in the country and Justin Ross, even though he's returning from injury after missing this whole season, he is still going to be one of the most talented receivers in the country. You know, he, he, he showed us, he showed his true talents against Alabama in the national championship game as a true freshman. Uh, Trevor Lawrence love working with him. I think he's going to be a huge asset for young DJ Ungale. That's going to be the supposed, starting quarterback for the University of Clemson this coming season in that great duel in Charlotte between DJ Ungale and JT Daniels, two of the most high-powered offenses, will be going head-to-head in Week 1. But before we move on to talking some Georgia basketball to wrap up this show, obviously Georgia landed two huge commitments in the last few weeks, uh, the first of them being Gunnar Stockton, the former South Carolina commit um, the top, one of the top, top two. I think he's the second uh, rated as the second best quarterback in the in the class of 2022. A five-star quarterback out of Rabin County, Georgia. One of the best quarterbacks we've seen in this class, this 2022 class, will be coming to Georgia. Um, as of right now, he's committed. You know, he still has another year before he can sign. So very excited to see him develop and progress uh, into his senior year. Uh, a huge commitment for the Dogs, a huge pickup, obviously pairing him with JT Daniels, Brock Vandegrift, you know, Carson Beck, and some of the top talents in the country at that quarterback position. And hopefully JT Daniels is not there next year because that would mean if he's not that JT had a really good year, and hopefully that means Georgia had a really good year. So hope for the best for Gunnar Stockton uh, in his going into his senior season. We also picked up another 2022 commit, a pretty big time 2022 commit, this time from Texas, the uh, big state of Texas, Bear Alexander, uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the 2022 class, a uh, big nose tackle who looks like he could be the immediate replacement to Jordan Davis in the middle of that defense. You know, he is huge, he is lean, and he is mean. Um, very excited to see what Bear Alexander can do in his senior year at Texas. I think he, in the state of Texas, I think he's going to do a tremendous job. I think he's a tremendous athlete that can be an immediate successor to Jordan Davis. So moving further on, we will be welcoming, uh, for our late, for our last segment of this show, welcoming on a, the co-host to the Top Dog Talk podcast, Whitefeld, and talk some Georgia basketball as they go on to face, before they face Alabama, the Alabama Crimson Tide in some SEC basketball action tomorrow, Saturday, Saturday afternoon in the SEC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, episode 22, like we just talked about not too long ago. Bringing back on co-host White Felden, talking a little Georgia basketball. Obviously, the dogs uh, come off a tough loss on the road to Tennessee, 89-81. Very close fashion. Uh... You know, Georgia didn't play too well in the first half, but uh, let's get a little update from Wyatt Felden on that. Wyatt, thank you for joining us today. Let's get your scoop on what happened on the road against Tennessee the other night. 
Yeah, I, I think the um, youth played effect in um, in this game. I really think it showed in the first half. A lot of turnovers. Um, just not comfortable on the road against Tennessee, a top 20 team. So I believe that played an effect with their youth and coaching somewhat. Uh, but in the second half, they outscored them. Uh, so they made coaching, they made adjustments in the second half and it played really, really well. And I, I believe that will come into this weekend's game against Alabama, which is another big game. So to have momentum coming out of the Tennessee game, lose by nine is really good for this upcoming weekend. It's not a, it's not a, um, oh man, we lost to Tennessee. We only lost to them by nine and, um, we beat them last year too. So, um, it's it, it, I don't look at it as a bad loss. I look at it as a good loss because we are growing every week and every game. So we just have to we just have to keep growing and play together and not um no ball like we can't ball hawk the ball. So we just have to pass it around, get um get the open shots and take them. Yeah, and you know, really this Tennessee loss was you know, the first game of a three-game stretch where you're playing, you know, a top 15 team, a uh, top 20 team every week. You know, we got Alabama on the road, the number 11th ranked Alabama uh, Crimson Tide, the second highest ranked SEC team in the country, right behind Missouri, who we play the following Tuesday, number 10 at home. So, you know, it's a tough three-game stretch and you know, it's not that bad of a loss to Tennessee, like you said. You know, they are a top 20 ranked Tennessee team, probably one of the uh, hottest teams in the country right now, ranked at 16. They got a really young team uh, with some really high talent, highly rated talent uh, that just outplayed Georgia um, at that night. And really, you know, that first half was too sloppy to overcome. You know, what is it about Georgia? Is it the consistency? You know, is that is that a playing thing or is that a coaching thing problem that Georgia needs to fix? I think all, uh, to give you the right answer, there is no right answer. But, I mean, I'm just saying that what you just said, I, I believe it all comes into a, an effect at some point during the during the game. Or I, I feel like it's coaching in the beginning, and then the coaching gets better in the second half. So we haven't played a complete game yet. Maybe Auburn a little bit. That was kind of incomplete, and I was like, okay, maybe this is good. We're just not playing together, and I feel like that's – we had the team build, and we had to get on the same page with the players and the coaches to answer your question. You, you know, and, and talking about uh, not playing, uh, you know, a full game of basketball is eerily similar to what we were saying not too long ago about football. You know, only playing one half of football, kind of like we're playing only one half of basketball at the moment here in Georgia – you know, we got a, we got a lot of problems that they got to fix. Obviously, shooting has to be one. Georgia's not one of the best shooting teams uh, in the SEC, surpri- uh, unsurprisingly. You know, and we got to fix that. We got we got to take smarter shots, like you said, and we got to shoot more consistently. And I think being consistent is the biggest struggle with a team as young as Georgia's. Uh, but I do want to shout out the performances of Katie Johnson. Obviously, coming into this team after being held out of the first few games has been big. You know, put in 22 points. He was the leading scorer you know, against Tennessee, a big part of the Georgia offense. And, you know, I, I think if we did a better job of finding a way to keep a guy like Severe Wheeler involved in the offense would have helped out in that game. I think uh, Katie Johnson kind of helped relieve some of the pressure off of Severe Wheeler at times. But I think 
uh, Georgia is most dangerous when they play, when both Katie Johnson and Severe Wheeler are involved. So, you know, what are ways Georgia should go about getting both those guys involved? Like you said, pass it together, shoot together. But, I mean, one there's one ball, right? But there's two players. But if they play together, like you said, and they share the ball, then we should be like, between them, they should score 40 a game. I mean, they should add 20, and he should add 20. So if you do put them on the floor together, they can be dominant, like you just said. So pass the rock and see what we can do with tomorrow against Bama. I mean, that's a big game. So I'm surprised Katie Johnson hasn't started this season. I don't know what the reason is. Um, maybe because they want him on the bench and they want him coming off of it. So Severe Wheeler can rest, and then Katie comes in. That's the best answer I had to that. So let's see what we can do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, you talk about going into this Alabama game, which is a big game. Obviously, it's the second game out of a three-game stretch where you're playing a top-20 opponent. Georgia has to win at least one of these games to kind of stay in tournament, uh, NCAA tournament conversation. You may even have to win two at this point um, because after that, you play Florida and LSU, both really tough games. Obviously, Florida handed us a uh, huge defeat last time out. We got to win at least one of these games, and I, I think Alabama may be a good chance to do it. And maybe you feel like uh, Missouri is a better team to get the win over, but Georgia has to win a, a lot of these games going forward. You play Alabama, Missouri, Florida, LSU, and South Carolina. You play Florida and Alabama on the road, with the rest of them being home games. So we got some tough games coming down the stretch. And I like the point you brought up. We haven't seen Katie Johnson as a starter yet. And while that may be surprising to some, because you know, some days he looks like he's the best player on the court for Georgia. Other days it's Severe Wheeler or Tumani Kamara. We got to put it together as a team. I think when you have Tumani Kamara, Severe Wheeler, and Katie Johnson all in their best days, Georgia is one of the best teams in the in the SEC. You know, I'm not going to go as far as saying in the country, but as far in the SEC, when everyone's on their day, Georgia's a pretty dang team, hard team to beat. Uh, so I, I think I think this Alabama game is a good chance for Tom Crean to reset, hit the reset button on this, and kind of mix up the lineups because I think you have two guys and two guards in the lineup that you can put to the bench and ask them to kind of carry the load um, off the you know with the reserves. Katie Johnson being one you would trade out with, um, trade trade someone in for. I, I would say you know Kyer could be a guy you could trade out and have him carry the load on the bench. I think he could flourish in that role. I think Ty Fagan could do the same thing um, coming off the bench. I think, you know, Georgia has three or four guys that can come off the bench and still flourish, uh, you know, and put up maybe even more production than they would as a starter. So let's get your talk about uh, what are your thoughts on, on on the impact Katie Johnson and guys and a guy like Jackson Etter has had on this team so far? A big difference. <laughs> I mean, there's just – there's just not much to say about it because they have made so much of an impact on on the bench aspect. Um, I mean, we're scoring more in the second half because of the bench. So if you can put it all together, I mean, like you said earlier, um, I feel like Georgia could be the best team in the SEC, like you said. So what Georgia has to do with Katie Johnson and others on the bench is share the ball and – and don't be in a rush, and don't turn over the ball, and Georgia can have a very good game. If you can limit the turnovers, and you play the bench right, and you play the starters right, and they have a great game. I mean, like you said, this is the best team in the SEC. Maybe, I don't think, maybe the middle of the impact of the SEC. I wouldn't say they're with them, 
like you said, with Alabama, Missouri coming up and Florida and LSU, it's one game at a time. You don't – this is a football term. We're going to go, you know, you know me. Um, I like to do one game at a time. So you can't think about on Tuesday. you got to think about tomorrow, and you got to go in tomorrow full head of steam, do your last team meetings tonight and in the morning, do a shoot around, feel good, go eat, and go ball. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it this weekend. Yeah, and I think experimenting with that lineup um, is going to be big, you know. And I think this Alabama game, like you said, is, you know, it's one game at a time. But we got to win it. You know, this is this is a big game. If we can beat the Crimson Tide on the road, that's that's a big win uh, for Georgia for many reasons. I mean, let's let's start there. I mean, we're on the road, and, and Georgia hasn't really played well on the road. Um, I, th- I think uh, the last road win we had, big road win, was maybe Auburn. Um, if I remember that correctly, I think we were on the road in that game, and we were. So, you know, that was the last big road win we've had. You know, if we can follow it up with beating an, Al- uh, an Alabama, a top-ranked Alabama team, that would be a huge momentum booster for this very young team in the third season under Tom Crean. And I want to talk about that man, Tom Crean, because, you know, we've seen some highs and lows just in the last few weeks. Um, we've seen it throughout his uh, throughout much of last season uh, and now through this season. You know, what would you say is the mood of the Georgia fan base regarding Tom Crean and his performance so far through three uh, through three seasons? Uh, 50-50, I believe, you, you can say. Um, I'm negative. Um, only because, I mean, Anthony Edwards was a low town, local Atlanta kid. So you did get the number one player in the country, and he was the number one pick. My problem is, why can't we recruit in-state talent in, it's like literally 20 minutes away from Athens or 10 minutes from Athens, and you can go get a great player. Why do we need to go out-state and go to Michigan or somewhere like that? I know we want to go out-region-wise. I mean, this is not football. So, I mean, we don't, I mean, we can recruit here and have a great team. But I feel like we're not recruiting the best players and developing the best players that we can. I mean, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards is doing a great job. Um, he's a normal pick for a reason. So my point with him, with the coach, Tom Cream, is I want to recruit local kids from Atlanta and make a team and, you know, just see what we can do with it and develop. Um, I don't see development this year at all. I see the same thing every day, every game. I don't see any change. So, and he doesn't change his philosophy. He doesn't put a big guy in when we need it. And people are saying, please put it when, put him in. So he doesn't listen. So my words on this subject is, if he doesn't turn it around and he loses every game until the end of the season, which I could see happening, we have a new AD, and I love this AD. This is the best AD we've ever had. I wouldn't push his buttons, and if you do, I hope he fires him. I mean, it, if he, I want a coach that can come in, teach these boys correctly, develop these players, and go to the NBA. I mean, we we have Georgia sells itself. University of Georgia sells itself with the academics, sports. Do you know that basketball is the lowest thing we have in the in 
in our school program. I'm watching softball right now, and they are better than basketball. Why? <laughs> why is baseball better than the basketball program? Why? I know what football is because I know we have who we have. But why is tennis better than basketball? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that's bad. <laughs> I'm just saying we all have those flaws in in our programs. But I'm saying basketball should sell itself, and we should get some great talent to come in every year. We just have a problem with that, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what why people don't come to Georgia. I know why they go to Kansas. I know why they go to Kentucky. I know why they go to Duke. But let's have some like let's put let's go into a five stars home and get them. <laughs> if you can't do it, if this coach can't do it, go get someone that can, please. And that's my and that's my thing on it. I want your feedback on that. You know, and I'm 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 very much. Uh patient with the basketball program obviously georgia historically has not been a basketball school by no stretch of the imagination it has been a football school um and a football school by that that you know hasn't always produced the national championship that you would think a quote-unquote football school would produce so you know like white says you got to be able to uh georgia should be able to sell itself in and every sport not not only basketball not only football but in every sport you know there's a difference I, I talked about this earlier in the episode regarding coach a day and you know how he's going to be able to recruit defensive backs across the nation there's a difference between wearing a georgia g on your shirt than there is wearing a, a marquette logo or a west virginia logo there's a big difference in that you know that georgia g holds value that name image and likeness you know, attracts kids on their own, on its own. So Georgia has to be able to recruit. I've seen an improvement in recruiting uh, under Tom Crean. I will give him that. He has improved the recruiting for uh, Georgia basketball in recent year, in the past, in, in these past few years. But I got to see the development. I think that's what everyone's crying out for. Everyone wants a winning basketball team, just like everyone wants a winning football team. And, you know, there were some calls this year that, uh, we we ignored for a few weeks, uh, but it, it was it was time to come out against those of uh, people, cr- crazy things, calling for crazy things, calling for Coach Smart's job, unrealistic, just just crazy talk. Uh, we came out against it, and you know I'm I'm not on board with with just getting rid of Coach Green right now. I think uh, he I think with the state George is at right now, you got to give him. At, at minimum four years to get it together. I think George, this is this is much more than just a short term short term reload. You know, it's going to take four or five seasons before Georgia can fulfill some expectations, and it could even take longer. You know, they gave Coach Fox over a decade, almost a decade, um, to to rebuild this Georgia basketball program into something that meant something to the world. And you know, ultimately, we had to get rid of Coach Fox and bring in Coach Crean. And I think Coach Crean has a vision for the way he wants to run this program and the way he wants this program to win, but we got to see it through. So yes, the pressure is turning up on coach Crean, but I personally am not ready to uh, pull the trigger as some others are on coach Crean. I think these, these next few games uh, in the ending of the season will tell a lot about how uh, coach Crean uh, will look at the future of his basketball program here at Georgia and his future here in Athens. So you know, it's going to be a big telltale sign whether or not he can get it together in these next few games. I think Alabama and Missouri are two big games, but like White said, we got to take it one game at a time, and Georgia has to win. You know, you got to go one and zero every single week, just like we preach in football. One and zero. It's going to be a tough ride, but I'm not too ready to get rid of Coach Green, like I just said. But 
I, I would describe. I don't want to cut you off in this, but I want you to think of a fan for like a basketball fan. Do you? I mean, if he doesn't change anything, and you keep losing to these top tier programs, how are you going to get a recruit to come here? That's why you have to restart the program. That's what I'm. I'm not saying fire. I'm not saying I'm. I'm. I'm going to be mad if he wins this weekend or something like that. I'm saying that this guy. If he cannot win for the rest of the season, we're not going to get anybody to come from University of Georgia because <laughs> there's no selling to it. <laughs> so if we can't sell it, <laughs> we have to get rid of something. And where do you start? It's like J.J. Watt today. Houston's going down the drain right now. I don't want to be the top tier program going down the drain and nobody comes here because we can't win a big freaking game this weekend or next week. I want to see it. And if he doesn't do it, I'm not supporting him anymore. That's my point to this. I'm tired of, like, we're almost there. We almost won these big games. And we don't change anything. And he doesn't. That's why people don't come. Because <laughs> they know he's full of crap or something. Or something. They know something that we don't know of. I mean, if Florida, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be the 13th, 14th team in the SEC in basketball, Every year, fine. We can do that and have fun with it. Not worry about it. But it's basketball, and we and we. I don't want it to be a national championship team. I want it to be successful and have a great season. I'm not looking for a national championship year. I'm just looking for it to have fun again. It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, these fans are just bored. We're just tired of not seeing the same thing. Brent having I don't know if he I don't know what he thinks. I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth or yours. But I'm not having fun this season. <laughs> and I'll, and this AD does not play around. <laughs> so keep pushing his buttons and see what he does. <laughs> There's definitely a need for improvement, you know. I'm I'm not I don't think anyone in the Georgia fan base would be uh happy or content with the 13th or 14th place in the SEC um in any sport, you know, let alone basketball. So Improvements have to be made, and, and that's something we got to look at. You know, is he making changes as he goes along? And that's up for the judges to be the verdict on. Um, I, I would like, I would hope to think that he will make changes for this Alabama game, um, sort of like the way we thought after uh, Coach Smart and Georgia lost the game at Florida. To Florida, you know, we 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 were on here talking about changes have to be made, and if changes aren't made, then you know we're gonna lose. Um, you got to change with the times, and I think that's something I want to see out of Coach Crean um, here as he goes on the road again to Alabama to take on a top-ranked Crimson Tide team, probably you know one of the most successful teams they've had in the last few years. You know, and the, the, this is this is a hard matchup. They lead Alabama leads the league in scoring. They're scoring 82.3 points per game. The Dogs rank six with 75.9. You know, they're third in scoring defense, allowing just 68.8 points per game. Uh, and, and Georgia is not one of the best defensive teams. They ranked 14th, last in the SEC, giving up 82 points per game. Georgia has to improve defensively. I think it all starts there, kind of like we talk in football. It all starts on the defense. Defense creates offense in both sports. Almost every sport you play in that has a defense, it creates the offense. So we got to see some improvements on defense, and you got to shore up the scoring, and you got to shore up the turnovers. You cannot turn over the ball 30-plus times a game and win, expect to win basketball games. It's not going to happen. Just like you can't turn over the ball, can't have four turnovers in football, you're not going to win a game. 
That's not winning football, and that's not winning basketball. Something got to change, and, and Georgia has to win this. Uh, you you got to win this game. You got to win the next one after that, and you got to keep winning. The goal is to go undefeated each week, each day. Um, and I, I want to see that out of this Georgia basketball program so we can talk about an NCAA tournament at some point. I'm, I'm really excited um, to watch this game. I'm, I'm anxious at the same time, a little worried to see what Georgia can do. Wyatt, let's get your final thoughts real quick. I know you've been covering the day on softball over on Twitter. Give us a little update on those on Georgia softball. Yeah, um, we're losing right now 5-2 to two as we record this. Um, so I'll give you an update, like, like how Georgia might benefit this year on the team aspect. I, I think Georgia has really good pitching from one pitcher, and I haven't seen much from the bullpen. So their offense is aggressive, and that's good. Um, some players are, 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 are returning in South Alabama, that, who the Georgia's playing right now. It's a veteran team. All their players return. So um, this is a tough game for Georgia. So if you do lose this game, it's fine. It's not the end of the world because it's a big, it's a long season. So um, don't fret on it. Georgia, Georgia's just getting back in the mix of things. So um, they got to learn some things and work on it. And it's a long weekend. So hopefully um, I'll write something about it on this weekend and um, give you all an update on it. But I'll I'll do updates all all day tomorrow on Georgia softball because I think they play a couple games tomorrow as well and one on Sunday. So it's the Red and Black Classic. So just tune in on Twitter or watch it on SEC+. So um, Georgia should be have a fun fall, uh, softball season and baseball starts next week. My thoughts on the game this week uh, against Bama is that come out aggressive and let's see some changes and see if we can put it all together and see what happens. Don't turn over the ball and don't be silly. Yes, really good points. Obviously, uh, Georgia baseball starts next week. I know Wyatt's excited about that. He was very excited about softball this week. You can go follow him at WyattFeldon17 on Twitter. You can spell his last name F-I-E-L-D-E-N. Spell Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T, two Ts. That is Wyatt Felden on Twitter. You can go follow him there for some Georgia softball updates and baseball updates. And that was episode 22 of the Top Dog Talk podcast. I'm your host, Harris Arino. That was our co-host, Wyatt Felden. We hope to see you again soon next week for episode 23 of the Top Dog Talk podcast.